This is a reminder you're listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show live and participate in the quiz and the prizes and all the other fun things that happen on Faith FM Breakfast Show, then simply download the Faith FM app available on Apple or Android platforms. Welcome back, everybody. This is Encounter with God here on Faith FM. And if you are just tuning in, you're going to find that we are halfway through the study, which means that you're going to be super blessed because if you are somebody who sort of like maybe gets in your car to go to work at 8 o'clock in the morning and tunes into Faith FM and misses the interview of the day, you're actually going to get, God willing, the interview of the day. We haven't been able to get them on the phone yet, so our producer is busily working on that, seeing if they can uh, be tracked down. We're not sure what has uh, happened. We hope that nothing uh, untoward has taken place or bad has happened uh, in their particular case. So, um, yeah, anyway, what have we got for our quiz there, Liam? Liam is, uh, yeah, joining me here as co-host this morning. Liam. Thank you very much, Lyle. Uh Clue number two for our second quiz of the morning is after I had my brother killed two years passed before I could see the face of the king. And a reminder of the first clue, I told the people of Israel that if I was in charge and they came to me with a complaint, I would see they got justice. If you think you know the answer, please give us a call at 1-800-324-843 or 0491-064-669. If you'd like to send a text. If you'd like to send a text, that's of course correct. Um, now, if we, uh, we've got a new prize that we're playing for for our second quiz, and that is How to Know God's Will in Your Life by Morris L. Venden. Now, this little book here is How Important Are You Feeling in Knowing God's Will? Can you expect God to lead you when you open your Bible and put your finger on a random text? How much weight should you give the advice of friends? What if God's will seems very plain through all that happens in your life and suddenly the door slams shut? So I think this little book tries to answer some of those questions that we've got about God's will in our lives. I think it will probably comprehensively answer those questions for you. And that is one question that I get probably very, very regularly. Mm. How do I actually know God's will? It's very hard to know that sometimes. You might not think that he's working in your life, but... Uh, it's an interesting thing because sometimes, in fact, most of the time when people say, well, what's, my, what's God's will here? These are my different options. I'm like, well, you know what? All of those options, whether there's two or three or four that are in front of you, are all good options. None of them are a bad option. Mm. So use your sanctified judgment and make a decision because that's why God gave us a brain was to be able to make choices. And, of course, there are other times when you really actually, you need to know exactly what God wants you to do. That's become super important. And so uh, in those kind of situations, yeah, you need to know how to understand exactly what God's will is. Coming back to our study, what we're looking at is the power and the concept of intercessory prayer. And basically the way that intercessory prayer works is that it gives God opportunity to work in ways that he would not have opportunity to work without damaging his, I guess, uh, image Mm. in some ways. It's probably not the right way of describing that. But without actually forcing his will. Yeah. Yeah. So God can come down. He could do that anytime he wants and just force his will. But God does not do that because... 
as uh, you mentioned earlier, Liam, there's this thing called the power of choice. Indeed. The power of choice is what creates love. There is no love without the power of choice. Because some people have chosen not to serve God, then Satan can claim that God cannot intervene in their life because they are his servants and not God's servants. Mm. When somebody prays for that person, God can say, hey, I'm here by special request. Daniel is praying an intercessory prayer because the time is up. It is time for God's people to go back to the promised land and nothing is happening. Yeah, yeah. And the Bible says that he prays for three weeks. He fasts and he prays for three weeks. Mm. The implication here is that you know Daniel has decided to fast and pray and he's just going to keep... Of course, this is a... Uh, a processed food fast. He's just, you know, he's eating vegetables and water for three weeks. The implication is he's just going to keep doing this until his prayer is answered. Yeah, he is absolutely determined. And you know, when we pray and we fast, you know, and sometimes we're like, well, why do we ask God for the same thing multiple times? Mm. Did He not hear us the first time? Is God somehow deaf? No. But when God does intervene, and Satan opposes it, because He always will, when Satan opposes it. God can then say, look, not only am I here by permission, by personal request, this person wants me to be here so badly they've been fasting and praying. This person has been asking me day after day after day. I have a massive amount of right to intervene here, and you can't say anything about it, and you can't accuse me of forcing my way in because... This person has really, really been sincerely praying about it, and uh, I have oodles of permission to be here and to be involved in the situation. Okay, let's see what happens after Daniel fasts and prays for three weeks. We have to ask ourselves the question, do our prayers actually ever really affect what takes place in heaven. Mm. Verse 4. Verse 4 of Daniel chapter 10 says, On April 23rd, as I was standing on the bank of the great Tigris River, I looked up and saw a man dressed in linen clothing with a belt of pure gold around his waist. That was verse 5 as well. Yeah, go verse 6 as well. Verse 6. His body looked like a precious gem. His face flashed like lightning and his eyes flamed like torches. His arms and feet shone like polished bronze and his voice roared like a vast multitude of people. There you go. Who do you think that might be? I've got a, uh, I've got a sneaking suspicion that that might just be... God the Father, our wonderful Lord and Saviour. Ooh, close. Close. It's God the Son. God the Son. Yes. Almost. Almost. Okay, so let's go to, let's flick over to Revelation. Hold your finger there if you are following along somewhere where you can hold the Bible. Don't be holding your fingers anywhere except for the steering wheel if you are driving to work. Um, Revelation chapter 1. And, Liam, I'm wondering whether you could read for us verse 12 through 14. Yeah, let's read 12 through 15. Yeah, let's read twelve Revelation chapter 1, verse 12 through 15. I've got Liam busily flicking pages through. He's got this most enormous Bible you've ever laid eyes on. It's got four it different versions It must like weigh a ton, and it's like four Bibles in one. So it's kind of cool. <laughs> I quite, I quite enjoyed it. it. It always helps my Bible study. If I don't think one thing sounds right, I can, I can 
cross-reference. Cross-reference and make sure everything makes okay. sense in my head. See, I, cr- right. I cross-reference against your NLT with my KJV. But anyway, go for it. All right. So, uh, chapter 1, verse 11. Uh, 12. 12. Fif- I was close. 12, 12 to 15. 15. It says, When I turned to see who was speaking to me, I saw seven gold lampstands, and standing in the middle of... The lampstands was someone like the Son of Man. He was wearing a long robe with a gold sash across his chest. His head and his hair were like white wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like flames of fire. His feet were like pro- his feet were like polished bronze, refined in a furnace, and his voice thundered like a mighty ocean waves. The Bible here describes the Son of Man, and that is a phrase that is used to describe Jesus Christ. And you can find the same description right here. And some people wonder, and they say, what color is Jesus? Is Jesus black, or is he white, or is he something in between? Well, the answer is, he's something in between. He's neither black nor white. He's the color of polished bronze, according to the Bible. That's rather interesting. Never seen a human being like that, but certainly look forward to one day when we will be able to see Jesus and worship him face to face. Daniel has that privilege here for the first time in his life. I was going to say the second time, but it was his three friends that met Jesus in the fiery furnace. Mm. Daniel, this is the first time that he encounters God God face-to-face, Jesus Christ himself personally. And he encounters Jesus in a different way than others in the Old Testament have encountered Jesus. He encounters Jesus in all his glory. Indeed. Now, I don't know about you, but I tend to think that that would be enough to just about flatten the person right there. Mm. And it kind of does. Uh, Verse 7 of Daniel chapter 9, sorry, Daniel chapter 10, and let's let's have verse 7 there. Verse 7 says, Only I, Daniel, saw this vision. The men with me saw nothing, but they were suddenly terrified and ran away to hide. Okay, keep going, keep going. So I was left there all alone to see this amazing vision. My strength left me. My face grew deathly pale, and I felt very weak. Then I heard the man speak. When I heard the sound of his voice, I fainted and lay there with my face in the ground. Verse 9 as well. Yep, okay, okay. That that sort of finishes off this whole little section here. And Daniel's reaction to being confronted by, you know, Jesus Christ himself in all his glory, it just floors him. You know, he has no strength left. He, he, he faints from it. That is the power of God right there.
Happy Hearts is a free community craft program for kids aged 1 to 5, designed to encourage growth and creativity through Bible stories. Join us each Tuesday during the school term from 9.30 till 11am at the Senior Citizens Hall, 401 Warburton Highway, Wandon North. For more information or to register, go to happyhandsart.com.au forward slash happyhearts or contact Patricia on 0425 854 516. That's 0425 854 516. Happy Hearts, free fun for kids and the mess stays with us. Listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. If what God has already done isn't enough for you, nothing's going to be enough for you. Because it's meant to be real, and real life stories have baggage. We know that Peter's a loose cannon. It's all about context. And he chose different personalities to express that because his personality is infinite. If it's a love song written to us, when we're at our lowest points, we've got backup. Like a lot of the rational arguments for the existence of God, they tend to work better after you believe. Hi, this is Luke from oztabletalk.com.au. Please join myself and some of my closest friends as we explore our faith through conversation, Bible study, interviews, and more. You can find us online at oztabletalk.com.au. That's oz as in Australia, A-U-S, tabletalk.com.au. Looking forward to seeing you there. Bye. I'm so glad that's recorded because I want to write that down. Yeah. (laughs) Someone called it a care package there. (laughs) Wow. (laughs)
You were listening to The Lower Lights with just a closer walk with the... This is The Breakfast Show on Faith FM. We have come to question of the daytime. A little bit uh, earlier today, but we're hoping that uh, we'll have our interview happening here in just a moment. Let's see. What have we got for our... Another clue for our quiz before we get to question of the day. Clue number four for our quiz is... It's a bit of a... Oh, here we go. I slept with my father's concubines in the sight of... All Israel. Yeah, that's seriously messed up. That's certainly not that's really, really <laughs> messed up. I mean, I know times were different back then, but... I don't care what the it's, times it's, were. It's, that is messed it's up. not quite right, is it? <laughs> that is very not right. Okay, but that's what this person did. If you know who that was, then give us a call, 1-800-324-843. That is 1-800-FAITH-FM or text us on 0491-064-669. And a reminder of the prize that we're playing for this morning is How to Know God's Will in Your Life by Morris Venden. Okay. Now, uh, moving on to the question of the day. And by the way, our interview uh, has just called through, so we're going to be in good shape. Um, But yeah, question of the day. What have you got for us there? A very Uh, quick one is uh, from Andrew. It says, hey, Lyle. Another question from Isaiah 14, referring to Lucifer. Do you believe this passage refers to Satan as well as the king of Babylon? And what evidence do you have to support this view? Okay, so Isaiah chapter 14 is introduced as a passage speaking about the king of Babylon. And it goes kind of like this. How are you fallen from heaven? In verse 12, O Lucifer, son of the morning, how are you cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nations? Traditionally, Christians have always taken this uh, as being a reference to Satan. Mm. This is the only place in the Bible that the word Lucifer is, is used. Really? Yes. And so... Uh, we, we think, well, you know, obviously that's Lucifer, so that's Satan. But how do we actually know that that actually applies to Satan when the context of the passage is actually talking about the king of Babylon? This is what God does on occasions in the Bible. He will use someone or something on earth as a representation of something that we can't see. Yeah. Because we can't see Satan. Generally speaking, he does not walk around as a visible being. And so God wants to understand, okay, if you want to know what Satan is like, uh, look at the king of Babylon. Yeah, Satan's pretty much like him. That's kind of how it works. But when God does that, he adds some language in there so that we can understand, okay, this is actually specifically talking about Satan. Yeah. Yeah, okay. The king of Babylon is like Satan, but this is actually really specifically about Satan. Yeah, yeah. And so we read down through, it says, um, How are you fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How are you cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nations? For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Well, first of all, the king of Babylon did not believe in God, in Yahweh the God that is being spoken of here. Uh, He served primarily the gods Bel and Marduk. One of the other many gods. Yeah, he had a whole pantheon of gods he served. It was primarily, you know, and Yahweh, who is being mentioned in this passage, that this person is claiming, I'm going to ascend above this person, this person, that person, this person. In that era, in that day and age, when Isaiah is writing, which of course was during the Assyrian Empire, Uh 
Yahweh was a god of a micronation. Right. And so he's not the kind of god that any serious Babylonian king is going to aspire to be above. But someone might say, yeah, but it's possible. And he looked down there at that micronation and said, okay, that's the supreme god down there, so I'm going to be better than the supreme god. That's a very long shot from a historical context. However, the Bible is clear because it begins in verse 12 with these words, how are you fallen from heaven? Mm. And I hate to disappoint you all, but the king of Babylon was never in heaven. There we go. And he never fell from heaven. And the Bible says that Lucifer, Satan, you can find this in Revelation chapter 12, verse 7 and 8, there was war in heaven and Satan was cast out to this earth. He fell from heaven to this earth. It was Satan who fell from heaven. Therefore, Lucifer, who is mentioned here, is Satan. This is uh, Callum Entman with uh, Do It Afraid. You're listening to Faith FM. A head full of claws Glass box with no door No key and no time no rhythm, no rhyme And me, you know I can't take it anymore You've seen me here many times before My mind's a mess and long since stopped making sense Calm the sea Remind me that you're here by my side You're here when I cry when I'm filled with fear Your words are all I ever need Stay here by my side Here through the fire I can't shake this fear But I'll I'll do it afraid I'll do it afraid I'll do it with his words in my head one promise for each fear With my head held high No matter what's inside Oh, and me, you know I can't take it anymore You've seen me here so many, so many times before Your mind's a mess, you long since stopped making sense Come and see Remind me that you're here by my side Here through the lies When I'm filled with fear You were to roll I'll have me stay here by my side Here through the fire I can't shake this fear but I'll I'll do it afraid I'll do it afraid I'll do it afraid I'll do it afraid I can't shake this fear But I'll do it afraid I'll take a deep breath And I'll do it afraid I'll hold up my hands And I'll do it afraid I can't feel you near But I'll do it afraid I can't shake this fear But I'll do it afraid I'll 
take a deep breath and I'll do it afraid I hold out my hands and I'll do it afraid I can't feel you near but I'll do it afraid I can't shake this fear but I'll do it afraid I'll take a deep breath and I'll do it afraid Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88. We have come to, at long last, interview of the day. Super excited to have Callum Entman joining us. He was just singing with Do It Afraid. We're going to be back to talk to him in just a moment. Before we talk to Callum, we have a winner for our quiz. Second winner for today. Two winners today. We're doing quite well with the quiz this morning, aren't we? We are indeed. Um, so the last clue that we had was a bit of a, a, a quite a questionable um, or, or, or we weren't quite sure whether it was quite Yeah, kosher, it involved some, it was definitely um, it was one of those R-rated parts of the Bible. Indeed. Um, yeah. Well, anyway, the answer to the quiz, which was answered by Andrew out in Maitland, is Absalom. Absalom. Well done to uh, Andrew in Maitland for answering the quiz. Anyway, we were just listening to Callum Enderman singing from his brand new album. Uh, he was singing the song Do It Afraid, and he is joining us on the show this morning. Callum, welcome to the show. Thanks, Carl. Thanks for having me. Okay, so Callum, Callum, we understand that um, you kind of know everybody here in the studio because uh, you and I go back a few years, but we also have Liam co-hosting for the very first time this morning. 
Morning, Callum. How are you? Morning, Liam. I'm good, thanks. Good to hear your voice. You too, man. Good to see you. Yeah, hear you. Sorry, not see you, but hear you. Yeah, this, <laughs> that's why radio works. Uh, <laughs> it, uh, yeah, it's a bit of a catch-up here. We've got um, Callum, who is... You're up in, what, uh, Queensland, Toowoomba, Brisbane, somewhere or other? Where are you based these days? Yeah, Ipswich. Just Ipswich, west of Ipswich. Brisbane. Yeah, I knew I'd get there sooner or later. And uh, yeah. Liam has arrived from Cairns, and, of course, we're based here in Newcastle. But, you know, the whole uh, six degrees of separation, it, every now and then we bump into somebody that we know. So it's good to have you on the show. And, of course, I worked with your brother for a number of years and uh, Braden, yes. Braden even yes. uh, hosted here. And we often hear, we often hear Braden um, and your auntie Sandra, Sandra Enderman, uh, here on The Breakfast Show. So, Callum, now you, you just join, you just, you're just part of the family. It's, he fits um, right in, doesn't he? Yeah, absolutely. It's... I, I guess there's uh, you've got a sister Phoebe, and it's, I guess it'll be her turn soon to put out an album. But uh, you've just put out this album. Tell me what inspired you to put this album out. So this this album has just been. It actually took a couple of years to write. Some of the songs I wrote in high school, they were school music projects, and um, I just had them sitting around, and they've had time to mature, and I've changed the words and things like that. Um, but yeah, I've been, I wrote a bit in high school and then once I went to college, um, at Avondale, uh, I had a friend, Kemi Ogandi, I'm pretty sure you guys might know her and mm. you played her music. Very talented she, musician. Yeah, she's brilliant. She encouraged me to get back into songwriting and, and things like that. And so, yeah, then I, I wrote some more songs there at college and then it's just been music writing about just my journey with Christ and, and things that, I want to remember. Tell me about the song Do It Afraid that we were just listening to. Very, very powerful lyrics in that song. Oh, sure. Uh, Do It Afraid, that was, that was the first song that I wrote after taking a break from songwriting for a couple of years. And, um, yeah, my, my friend Kemi, she was, I was uh, wanting advice to know what to, to do with songwriting. She says, look, the best type of songwriting is what, writing what's just on your heart. And not trying to not trying to sound great, but just being honest. And, um, and I, that was a, difficult for me because I wasn't in the best place at the time. And so I just I tried to do what she said. And uh, it's it's just a song about uh, embracing whatever situation you're in. Especially you know, for me, it was anxiety and being fearful. And often that cripples me, and it doesn't let me actually live my life properly. And I'd, I'd heard a quote that was something something along the lines of feel the fear and do it anyway, and I really resonated with that quote, and I really liked it. And so I decided to put it to music, and that's where Do It Afraid came from. When you're struggling with anxiety, does songwriting, you know, because I'm, I'm just thinking, you know, from a creative perspective, from an artistic perspective, when you write a song and you put your heart and soul into it, how does it how does it feel for you when you perform that you know in public for the first time? Is that like a really anxious moment? You know, how are people going to respond to this? Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. I've only performed the song twice live, and um, it's it, it is a quite nerve wracking thing. Um, but I have had a lot of support around me, like you said. Um, there's lots of lots of musical people in my family, and so I've had. Lots of guidance and support, and they wouldn't let me get up if if they thought it wasn't um, it wasn't quality. So 
that's that's always been good to have them around. Yeah, so you've got you've got uh, good, you've got very experienced people that you can bounce ideas off of. Um, what, what, what's the, what's the secret to? Okay, so you've got a new song. You've 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 written this for the first time. Uh, what's the secret to dealing with that anxiety? You know, the first time you perform it in public. Yeah, uh, that's a good question. I guess, I guess it's. I try not to look people in the eyes. I suppose when I'm singing the song, and I just sort of make sure that I'm remembering that this song is about myself and Jesus and my relationship with God. Um, and I just kind of try and block everything else out and just focus on that because in that moment, I'm, it's a song of praise and it's a song of, it's a song to turn people's heads back to God. Um, and so I just try and focus on that, that full meaning and less, less of myself. Yeah, for sure. Fantastic. Um, so we've got Liam with us here this morning, and he's a bit of a musician as well. What do you think? Do you think we, th- think we should uh, convince Liam to get out there and do some songwriting and um, produce an album? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, Liam, <laughs> Liam's multi-talented. He, he's got too many things that he can do really well, but definitely do, a, do, do some music. Oh, look. I uh, I'm quite happily quite happy playing music. I, I've tried uh, my hand at writing music before back in, in at school as well. I don't know oh, yeah. if it went very well. Um, I, I can't remember exactly what grade I got for it, but the teacher seemed pretty pleased with it. Um, but um, I'm I'm happy to play your music, but I, I don't know about my music. Um, it's yeah, <laughs> I, I prefer playing yeah. other people's than my own, uh, just personally. Okay, so I've got to okay, ask. This, okay. I've, I've got to jump in and ask this question, Callum. Was there a point in your journey where you were at the same point that Liam is in his <laughs> is in his journey now? <laughs> definitely, definitely. I'd say just one year ago, I was in that same place. Because your music always sounds, you're always your harshest critic, and and when you have a song that's not fully produced, like like a finished album, they always sound like they're not good enough. But I tell you what, even the most basic song, once it has a couple good instruments on it, once it has a good mixing, it sounds great after that. So yeah, I would, yeah, if if you have the time, you have the interest, go for it. It's always it's always a fun process. Okay, so there's the, there's the challenge, Liam. The, the, he, he might have inspired me. <laughs> he might have inspired you. Might you might have stumped, started something here this morning, Callum? Um, oh, good, great. <laughs> now, with your with your with your music, uh, with the you know the you talked about you know adding some extra instruments in, um, doing the production that kind of thing. How much are you involved with that, or do you just sort of say, "Hey, this is my song." I've got a musical family, guys, just tell me what to add to it. Or do you actually go, you know, sort of lay awake at night and think, well, if I added the guitar in here and I added the violin in over there and, I, you know, um, how, does that, how does that process work for you? Yeah, I'll, so I, I play a bit of piano and a bit of guitar and I write most of my songs on piano. Uh, but I'm not, I'm not there with my piano skills that I can record the piano myself. So I've got, I've got a friend that plays piano and... My brother plays guitar, and I just kind of call in friends to do that kind of thing. But um, I do know what each instrument sounds like, and I do have a good idea of where I want them to come in in the, in the song. So I guess you're right. I do think through my songs and imagine different instruments coming in and coming out at different parts. And, but then once we get to the studio, um, each each uh, musician just sort of, sort of improvises, and we, we kind of have this good connection where they will bring something new to the table, and I'll say if I like it or not, and... 
um, yeah, it's it's quite organic. It kind of grows that way. Sure. Callum, just... Oh, actually, Liam want, Liam's put in his hand. He wants to ask a few questions. So yeah. Hands over, Liam. Just sort of on, on, on the topic of, of, of getting the music and the lyrics together, um, obviously, once you've got the melody, which is the main thing that you hear in the music, it's quite easy mm. to come up with the, the different instruments um, to add it all together. But I wanted to ask you, how do you get the, uh, the, how do you find the match for the lyrics and the main melody or the main tune to the song to, to blend that so that you can then go on and build the, uh, the the other instruments. So what's what's the the journey or the process for you in, in matching the melody and the lyrics? Okay, um, I, I write music quite different to most of the people that I don't know. I start with I start with a, a melody that has no words, and I just put nonsense words in it as I'm mm. writing a melody. And then um, and for me, the lyrics is the hardest part, mm. and I don't really know what to say often. But I'll I'll get a melody line that I really like. And then I'll go hunting for words that I want to put into that melody line. And so it can take a long time. And often the words are cheesy and they don't really work. But after after sort of dwelling on it and editing it, I'll just I'll find words that fit the rhyme scheme and they fit the syllables. Mm. Um, and that's that's a really slow process. But yeah, I find myself using um, a thesaurus to try and find synonyms that work and and to try and get my message across that I've decided to go with it. But, yeah, I start with melody, I add words, and that's a pretty slow process. But I'm, hopefully I'm getting getting better. Yeah. That's, I can, that's, I, that's fa- that, I find that fascinating simply because it. Uh, I've never heard somebody who writes melody first. I've always met people who you know write some poetry and they're like, oh, I should put this to music. That sounds, mm, it, mm. it sounds like hard work, Liam, but it, it produces amazing results. I can, Sorry, I can certainly, I can certainly agree with what Callum's saying here. Um, I, I, I like to think that putting the melody for me is a lot easier. I, I agree with you with that, and, and certainly the words. Um, I struggled a little bit at English uh, when I was at school putting the pen to paper. So I can, I can certainly understand where you're coming from with that. Um, but yeah, it's a really, really interesting journey. I could. I could ask you a bunch of other questions about, you know, the time signatures and, 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 and whatnot, but I don't know if all our, interest, all our listeners would uh, quite understand that, but I, I was just listening to your last song and um, I, I noticed the, the little triplets and stuff in there and I want to know, as a, as a fellow musician, I don't know if, Lyle, you quite understand what might be happening here. No idea, none whatsoever. <laughs> but I want to tell you, Lyle, as a fellow musician, I do understand and I certainly appreciate uh, the way that you've created this song and it just it, the way it all blends together it sounds really incredible and really amazing and I think you've done a really good job ah, praise God oh, thank you thank you yeah no, it is God, God has done wonderful things through you through uh, Callum hey uh, Callum just very quickly your motivation for writing this music obviously you're pointing people to God and to what he's done in your life uh, what has God done for you? For me, God's God's become a best friend. Um, I've always I've grown up in a Christian home, and I've always believed in God. Um, and I've just throughout my years, through the past twenty years, I've just been trying to find out more about what life looks like with Jesus. Because, um, yeah, I guess the world the world needs a lot of hope, and and I know in times of my life when I've been distant from God, I have been I've had less hope. And, um, yeah, I've, I've come to the place where I know that Jesus is the most important thing. And so when I write music, um, I write music to remind me of certain 
truths that I can forget when I when my mind gets distracted. And so this this whole EP that I've written is um, was written just for me and my own personal journey. It's kind of like a journal to music, and and each song has a, a certain truth that I'm trying to remember in times when I forget. And so um, the song "Build Afraid" is is a reminder for me to always trust in God when when I'm afraid of the situation and I'm and the devil's trying to get me down or distract me. Um, and yeah, each song, if you if you listen, they just they they have truths that I'm just trying to keep in mind. And I think music is a great tool for us to be able to. Uh, it comes up in our mind very often. I always have a song in my head rolling around, and so um, may as well make that song a good one. And may as well make that song um, be helpful to get through life and and to remember who's really in, con- in control. And for me, that's God. Callum, I think it's one of the things that makes your um, EP so powerful is that you have written these, you know, for yourself, for your own journey, and it's actually real. You're not writing for somebody else. You're writing, you know, and and, and a journey that they may or may not be experiencing, but you're writing it for yourself. How do we get a copy of? Uh, how do we get a hold of your EP, Callum? So the EP is uh, for sale electronically uh, via iTunes. You can get it on for, at iTunes for ten dollars. And it's also on Bandcamp. So if, you, if you're not an Apple user, it's on the website Bandcamp and you can download it to your Android or your PC. So those two platforms are selling it at the moment, both for $10. Fantastic. Callum, um, we're going to finish off with uh, your song, Letting Go. Uh, give us a brief introduction. What's this all about? So this song uh, was actually the only song that was written with the lyrics first. My friend, Camille Gandhi, I mentioned before, she sent me just the chorus lyric of this song. So it was co-written with her. And the song is just about surrender to God. Fantastic. You know, letting, letting go of stress and strain to God. And I made the song with my siblings. Thank you so much for joining us this morning, Callum. It's been a privilege having you on the show. This is uh, Callum ah. Enderman with Letting Go. You're the one who comes. You come to set the captives free. You're the one who comes. To stand between me and my enemies You're the one who comes To break the lies that I still believe The lies that never leave So come and have your way Come and have your way Cause I'm letting go He's abundantly more than I wish for and more than I hope for More than anything I can conjure up on my own So I'm letting go Yeah, I'm letting go
everybody uh, we have come to the end of the show here on faith fm breakfast show which means that we are about to give something away for free always good to be able to be more blessed than what you are because more blessed to give than receive and so we get to give something away uh liam what are we giving away today today we're giving away the classic steps to christ yes you never go never go wrong with steps to christ indeed one of the most translated books in the world. Been around for, what, I don't know, maybe 120 years at least. Uh, but it is a book that is designed specifically for uh, you in your walk with God if you just simply want to be closer to God. Mm. That's what it's about. Indeed. Short chapters, simple chapters. I think there's, what, 13 chapters in it. Uh, small book. We can probably get it for you in like 150 different languages if you really want it. But the one that we have sitting here available is in English. English. <laughs> Seeing as you're listening to an English show, we assume that you uh, you uh, speak English. But um, yeah, that's that's what our giveaway today is. So and it was, of course, written by uh, the the wonderful Ellen G. White. So indeed, it was. And our number to call, first caller through on? 1-800-324-843 or 1-800-FAITH-FM or text us through on 0491-064-669. Don't forget to talk faith, live faith, act faith, then you will grow strong in Jesus Christ. God be with you till we meet again.
Undone. 